Welcome to Project BGR, craft beer and conversation. And did we mention craft beer? The beer guys Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams talk to the makers and creators from the craft beer world and beyond. Now, time for Project BGR with your hosts, Tim and Aaron. Welcome to Project BGR. I'm Tim Dennis. And I'm Aaron Williams. On this week's show, we're going to talk to Jesse Valenciana. He's the National Activation Manager and Paul Cade, he's a brewer from Chicago's Goose Island. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Project BGR. We are here talking to a couple of the good people from Goose Island Brewing. We are talking to Jesse Valenciana, correct? Very That's good. Right. National Activation Manager and Paul Cade, also known as Paul Cade, <laughs> a brewer with Goose Island, That's right, correct? Yeah. So, guys, thanks for joining us today. Thank so you for having really us. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, let's... We have some beers here in front of us, yeah. as you do. So, and I believe we have a Pilsner and a Pell, correct? Yes, uh, one of you guys want to just tell us about these beers? Um, yeah, I want to say that these are Dale's. Uh, yeah, yeah. So these are local, uh, local uh, Colorado beers. Uh, Dale Pale and the Yellow Pills. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. So just just uh, a couple of the local things we. That's got why I was thinking. Farm. I was thinking maybe this was coming from you guys. We're drinking. We're drinking no. some good Colorado beer. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. I, I feel that when you're somewhere else outside of Chicago, you should always drink what's local. When in Denver, yeah. Do, yeah. Yeah. do as Denver does. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Can't go wrong really with Dale's Excellent. either. So that's, yeah, uh, that's good stuff. So so now of course um, you know you guys uh, again out of Chicago. Um, Really, among the beer geek crowd, so let's get this out of the way, is BCS, is Bourbon County Stout. Sure. I've heard of that. You've heard of that, <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, Bourbon County Stout, how that is developed, and um, how that's really kind of grown to become almost an epic beer, so to speak, across the country. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll tell the history and I'll throw it over to you. Perfect. And we can talk about what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so, Bourbon County Stout, it's actually got a funny history to it. Um, our old brewmaster, Greg Hall, who's John Hall, our founder's son, he was at an event with, um, what, what's his name, uh, Fred No from uh, Jim Beam, and they had a few cigars, a few cocktails, and I guess Greg mustered up the confidence to ask for some barrels that he wanted to make beer with, and he actually, the, the story that I heard, he actually forgot that, <laughs> that he had asked him. So like three weeks later, these barrels show up, and um, Greg was planning a beer for the thousandth batch of a beer that they, they were making at the brew pub. So he wanted to make this imperial stout. So now he had these barrels, and he ended up aging that stout in the barrels. And the first time, the first go at it was, you know, like a couple months, I think it was. Nothing too much. And he really liked what he had there. So he adjusted the formula because, you know, Bourbon County Stout, you don't make this, in, like, this beautiful imperial stout and put in barrels. Like, you have to make this beer that is a little bit accurate, a little bit, you know, the you taste it without... It's not made to be drank no. until it gets that barrel, You really right? want that yeah. beer to complement what's going to come out of the barrel, right? So he created this recipe, and, you know, everybody loved it. And we, the first time we entered it at GABF, we got disqualified <laughs> because it wasn't, it didn't fall within, you know, the, the parameters, the, the flavor profile of, a, of an Imperial Stout. But the judges were just kind of really impressed by what they had there. So, um, you know, and that was the... The humble beginnings of, of Bourbon County Stout, and since obviously it's become this, you know, phenomenon, you know, and, and it's crazy. And I feel that um, where, where I travel, I always drink beer everywhere I go, and I love bourbon or bourbon barrel aged beers, you know. And I always kind of hold Goose Island as that that 
you know, that measuring stick. Um, and that was before I even worked at Goose, you know. I've, I've been a beer dork for a long time. <laughs> so working at Goose was pretty awesome. And then learning the process of that beer. But, uh, you know, it, it's cool that Bourbon County, Bourbon Barrel Age Beers has become such a thing. You know, you go from this one beer that we're making to now there's FOBAP. You know, there's a festival all about sure. these types of beers. So uh, it, it's, it's cool to see how it's, how it's grown. And it's a very, uh, I mean, it's a labor of love, too, with that beer. I mean, if I can be completely transparent, we don't, we actually, I think, lose money making that beer. But it's, you're never not going to make Bourbon County Stout, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. So the process of making it, uh, how, is, uh, how is that? Is that something that's pretty difficult for you guys to take care of? Absolutely. It's, it puts uh, kind of all of our equipment and processing and, and stretches it to its limit. Mm-hmm. Um, starting in the, uh, on the brew house, um, we're doing two two mash turns into one boil just to try and get that gravity up yeah. to where it needs to be. Then we're doing a, a four hour boil to uh, to loot the the work down even more. So really, um, the hard bit in the brew house is getting it up to that starting gravity. Um, once we get once we come out of the uh, brew house, um, and then I'll, I'll talk about the cellar. And actually, I work in the cellar um, at Goose, so. Um, Bourbon County heads down to the cellar, and we're pitching our, our uh, yeast into it, and it definitely pushes that our yeast strain to its limit as well, starting at uh, something around 30 Play-Doh. Um, and then, so that's just a huge sugary beer, and then finishing somewhere around 13 14% alcohol obviously puts a lot of strain on the yeast. Um, from So after fermentation... We're trying to extract, uh, obviously, as much out of the fermenter as we can. So then sending that through the centrifuge, this big, thick, viscous beer that has uh, a pretty hearty yeast population is, uh, is another one of those things that's just pushing it to the max. Uh, once we do it there, uh, once, once we get it nice and bright, send it over to our uh, barrel warehouse and let, uh, let the barrels do the work from there. Yeah. Um, Talking about the ABV on that beer, we so we're from Georgia. We got a fourteen percent cap there, and you yeah. guys actually do a different version for some of these states that are below that cap. We had a little fun in Georgia last year because we had then a mix up with our shipment, and we got the high <laughs> ABV one first. And <laughs> like, no, you know, everybody was hoping some of it would sneak out there, but no, they sent it back. And, then, <laughs> and you know, like we were talking about, it's it's you don't crank this out year round. It's a yeah. limited beer. Yeah. So they, they had to do some juggling to get us some beer in the state. We did finally get yeah, some, but, uh, but it yeah. was something. So that, that, and that's something, you know, that kind of goes to, we were talking before we started the official interview about the demand for beer and people want a beer, a beer like bourbon County. I know you guys have expanded production of that mm-hmm. over the years, but people seek it out. People shops sell out in that. So to do something like blending two ABVs of this beer that's a headache, and to me, it shows that you guys want to get it out to as many people as possible. Is that am I assuming correctly there? Yeah, you know, last year I think was the first year that um, that was the highest production we ever had of, of Bourbon County Stout, and you know, we changed bottles for two reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to have kind of a proprietary bottle for that beer. It's a special beer. You want to package it. You know, bombers are cool, but it's kind of we've got that that money, let's use it. Let's use it for something to make that beer even more special. I mean, we know people collect them and sell them, so we came up with that. We really, I, I think it's a beautiful bottle, you know? It, it looks very much like a bourbon It bottle. does, and I was going to say that. Yeah, it's got, yeah. like, the raised lettering on it, and it kind of looks like a, like maybe a bullet bottle or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, 
we went from 20 ounce bombers to um, what is it? Eight? 500 mil is it 500 mil? Yeah. So you're losing a little bit of beer, and you know everybody. I was reading that. I shouldn't be, but you know <laughs> you read the blogs and everything. Sure, like, yeah. It's A B. They want. Yeah, yeah. They want to you know hose you and it's like no we want to make a special beer we want to yeah. get it out to as many people as possible that's what you want with and the truth is that going from i don't know the conversion here exactly but 500 milliliters you know down from from a bomber saving a few ounces it only takes seven of those before you get another bottle out there which right. means there's another person that can get a bottle of this yeah, beer yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know it's a, it adds up over the over the right. you know range of production there yeah. so and I think, quite honestly, the way I drink it, I think most people drink it, is you open a bottle with a group of... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straw. Turn it off. Right? Yeah, yeah. And just uh, right, submarine that. No, but you have a, a group of friends and you're sitting around sure. and opening it. So whether you're talking about a, a 22 or a, or a 50, 500 mil is, uh, you know, to me, it just means, well, either you, you grab a few more friends in another bottle or a few less yeah. friends. So, yeah. Sure, there's, wasn't a huge there's been times when I've wanted one of those big beers where I'm like, ah, oh, it's just me here right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah. open this right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, I'll save it for later. So talking about B- BCBS, I know the last year has been crazy for you guys because some bugs got into things last yeah. year. Yeah. And especially elusive strain of lacto, is, yeah. is that right? right. So yeah. uh, I know there's been some news on that lately, but, you know, I'll let you guys cover that. I know you're looking at a solution for that this year and, uh, you know, kind of what what's the process there? What, what are we going to see this year from BCBS? Yeah, yeah, I'll take this. Um, and actually, I'll mention uh, I started at Goose four months ago, so so pretty fresh in the in the brewery. And in the last brewery I was at, I remember the news coming out of of uh, Goose announcing that that uh, there had been some some off flavors, and we were talking about it with all all of the brewers in my old brewery. And, Quite honestly, we all looked at each other and were shocked. We were going, I didn't even think that you know any kind of any kind of infection could happen in a beer like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so coming into Goose at this stage has been really, really interesting. Um, kind of all hands on deck. Everybody saying, what happened, um, and how do we fix it? How to make sure that it doesn't happen again? And um, and really sharing that information with the rest of the industry has been has been a big part of our our uh, uh, exploration this past year. So, yeah, the, 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 the infection last year, um, I think that there's still some unanswered questions, but we're definitely getting to uh, towards the root of the problem and, and learning a lot in the process. And this year, we, uh, we are very confident saying that uh, it's not going to, there's not, there's not going to be any issues with this right. year's batch. Because yeah. so uh, you've looked at pasteurization as a, as a source now. Yeah. I know when it was initially taught, because this was looked at even last year, these are the possible solutions. You know, yeah. right? mm-hmm. you know, when you find a problem, you start looking at solutions, and right. people were concerned, for lack of a better term, of it changing the essence of the beer. So yeah. um, how is that process going? Did it change the way you do things? Um, so we, we definitely looked into that was one of our biggest concerns. Sure. Does it change the, the character of the beer? And I think we weren't willing to allow that to happen. That wasn't something that we were going to um, let happen. So um, we did a lot of research um, into um, Right Flash and other, other uh, options. Um, but we came up with the, the solution for this year is, uh, is this flash pasteurization process. And we're really confident. Um, I mean, I think that we can pretty confidently say nobody knows Bourbon County stout quite like we do. Yeah. Right. Um, and and in all the trials that we've had, uh, we can really confidently say that it's, it hasn't uh, uh, affected the flavor at all. 
You're listening to Project BGR. Time to take a quick break. We'll be back with more with Jesse and Paul from Goose Island right after this. Hey, this is Aaron. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We've got some really awesome things that are coming soon that will help us engage with you some more. We're not going to lie to you, though. It takes time, effort, and money to produce this show every week. So if you'd like to be part of the Beer Guys family, we would love your help. Head to patreon.com slash beerguys to become a sponsor. We're not going to beg. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But hey, we've got some great swag for those who become a sponsor, and you'll be among the first to know about the great things that are coming to the Beer Guys universe. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash beerguys. Or you can go to beerguysradio.com and click the sponsor link. We thank you for your support and cheers. Welcome back to Project BGR. On this episode, we're talking to Jesse and Paul from Chicago's Goose Island Brewery. I'm sure we could sit here and talk Bourbon County forever. That's true, mm-hmm. exactly. We don't want to be just a Bourbon County talk right. here. So what else do you guys want people to know you for out there? I know you have the, the Sister Series. You have, uh, you know, Pell several beers. So. Yeah, you know, for me, I'm a big food guy, right? So when I, when I get excited about beers... Uh, I always think of what these beers can do with food. And, you know, segueing into the Sour Sisters, I, I love, Bourbon County Sour I love. I've loved mm-hmm. for many years. But um, Sophie is our year-round saison. And I've been a, a farmhouse guy for a long time. You know, I really love beer de guards and saisons. And, and Sophie's been that gem, like that hidden gem. It's, it's been there. And I think finally it's getting the recognition that it deserves. It's such mm-hmm. a great beer, and, and you can find it. Again, year-round, and the price point's amazing, right? I sound like a sales guy right now. But, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. No. But it's, you know, I, I've been doing, like, beer and food pairing dinners um, for a long time, and that's my go-to. That's my, like, safety blanket. Yeah. So going into the Sour Sisters, you know, the ones that I prefer are the ones that use Sophie as a base beer. So we do Halia, which is our, um, our Saison that we make with about 50 pounds of macerated peaches per barrel and that's aged for about 12 months in uh, flavor neutral white wine barrels and then there's Jillian which is a very sexy beer that's got strawberries honey and white pepper so those are super complex beers uh, the flavor is really complex but they go so great with so many different foods and uh, I actually last week I stopped by Mexique it's this really nice restaurant in Chicago it's a James Beard award winning restaurant and uh, they have an event coming up and they were going to pair their food with wine and I talked to the chef who's a friend of a friend I said hey I know you're a wine guy and everything you do is paired with really great fine wines I'm like let me bring some beers over so you can taste them and he goes well so you know I don't drink beer <laughs> and at my head I'm like challenge that's right <laughs> let's do it so let's I, I brought it. them all and you know and I started with Sophie <clears throat> and I, I gave him the pitch I'm like look I'm like as a food guy this is a beer that I always go to, and I told him, like, I've made sauces with this. I've done reduction sauces. I've done vinaigrettes. Like, and I went off, and I knew what kind of would hit, you know, in, in his head what would work. And after we were done, and I went there not to sell him beer. I don't sell beer. Mm-hmm. I just went there because I'm like, you should use these for, for this event. The guy's, like, asking about price points. And, oh, there you go. And yeah. in his head, he was just, like, spitting out recipes. I'm like, perfect. Exactly. But, well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we were just talking just before you came down. I, uh, I watch Hulu a lot, stream TV on Hulu. Yeah. And uh, I saw a Goose Island, a Sophie commercial uh, yeah. on there not too long ago. And they show a couple sitting down in a fine dining restaurant, you know, dim light, candlelight there. And the, 
the the waiter comes up with their bottle of Sophie and pours it, you know, yeah. and it's oh, yeah. it's something. So, you know, introducing people, you don't see beer commercials for a beer like Sophie often. You That's know, true. you're gonna yeah. we're gonna see our buds, our Millers, our Coors, the the stuff that you're gonna pick up a, a cooler of and, and slam back. So it was interesting to see that yeah. beer being marketed. You know, to let people know about that. So. We just uh, I was in Portland two weeks ago for uh, for Feast. It's a big food festival and. That's how it was. They, they, I had the opportunity to pair a couple of beers with some dishes that these uh, other James Beard award-winning chefs out there. So they're like, hey, these guys are making this and this. And I said, the first beer that I chose is Sophie for you know this dish. And I picked a couple of the, the Sour Sisters. I even picked the IPA, too. You know, mm-hmm. um, Just because and, and <laughs> I went up in front of the audience, the, the people eating, the diners, and um, I made a comment. I'm like, I want to kick wine's ass off the table I'm like yeah. I'm so sick of wine you know being on the on the dinner table I'm like yeah. it's beer's turn I didn't know that the guy right behind me was was with the wine company yeah. Yeah. he's like hey man like, no, <laughs> back off a little bit that's uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you know I mean it's funny because you've got such a variety now of beer and there's so much you can do with the styles and even within individual styles you can make an everyday drinking beer like a Pilsner or a Pale but you can again go really high end with the Saison farmhouse ale, something like that. Yeah. And and it's it's really kind of speaks to the industry how much that has grown over the years. Oops, and I'm gonna drop that uh, grown over the years. Uh, to 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 be a regular working man's drink, but also be something that you could you could feel comfortable with in a high end restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And that's oh go ahead. I was just gonna say that's what makes a festival like GABF so fun mm-hmm. is cause I came out here with my little checklist of things I want to check off and, <laughs> yep. and uh, try, but I've had a ton of fun being able to walk up to a random booth and, and find something that's just a, a diamond in the rough, something unexpected um, and new. Um, you wouldn't think that, that after all these years of beer drinking, right, you can still find something that shocks you and really, really uh, 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 uh Takes you by surprise, but yeah. that's, that's uh, the fun that's of all of this, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Getting out yeah. and seeing yeah. that. That's where, you mm-hmm. know, talking about food and beer and that later today, we're going to this uh, it's called Paired event. So, you know, they're doing a uh, media event and then uh, pairing small bites with these cool. beers, and awesome. they're going to have the brewers there talking about it and that. Awesome. And it's, uh, you know, it's really something interesting to see all that. But uh, it's so still growing. I mean, we're still, I feel that we're still in a very early stage of that. I mean, mm-hmm. some of us, I've been doing, there's one of my coworkers. Him and I have been friends for a while. We actually, before we started working at, at Goose, we used to do beer and, and burger pairings. I would come up with these burger recipes, and he would pair them with beer. This is like seven years ago. You know, and back then people were like, you're doing what? And it's like beer and burgers, but it's mm-hmm. not just like your your typical like American adjunct lager. It's like we're doing these other fancy craft beers, and now it's becoming more of a thing. And, you know, the more beers that come out, the more that are made, the, the more people are getting creative. You know, it's like you're letting these guys... Be artists with beer, yeah. And you know you've got these guys, and you've got the chefs, and they're artists with food. So it's like these worlds are colliding. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. That's something that 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 we see a lot here, kind of changing directions a little bit. Um, a few years ago, you guys, you know, merged were acquired with, by AB and Beth. And as craft beer, I can tell here talking to you guys, you know, you're craft beer guys, but. Within that world, it, it's always an uproar when a brewery that people are passionate about, they love, they go after, when that when that happens. We just recently had our first one in Georgia with Terrapin uh, being yeah. acquired by 10th and Blake, you know, and yeah. we're actually talking to Spike with Terrapin next week, you know, about this. So uh, how has that process been? Uh, are you, you know, do people calm down after the initial? Uh, is it, uh, do, you, do you see people that 
falling off, new fans coming on. So you know, the the thing is, in the beginning, I think it was a little bit more difficult because it was uncharted territory. What we were doing hadn't really been done, right? So you get these people, and everybody formulates an opinion, and. I'd be hypocritical to say, I don't understand why people are like that, but we've all fallen in love with something and yeah. mm-hmm. kind of take ownership in it. And when it changes, whether it's good or bad, it's a change, and there's going to be an uproar. Uh, and from our personal standpoint, I could say it's been nothing but great. You know, Imagine if this, <clears throat> what happened last year with the bugs and, and BCS happened to us without being part of AB. I mean, there's the stuff that we're doing now, we probably couldn't have afforded it mm-hmm. It would have been a life without BCS until we figured, figured out, out how to do it. With but you had the R and D that behind right, the yeah, that they were able to, to, to get in there with the microphone microscopes and all that kind of stuff. It was out. it was so extensive. You know, there was people. We we really looked at um, the the industry as a whole and like looking for help and from from everybody. And everybody really did help us out. There was a lot of help, but you know, within our own company, and we used our resources and figured out what was going on, you know? Sure. So, and again, it's, that's an advantage that we wouldn't have had before. So, you know, and I get it. People, again, there's, there's that ownership and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you sure. guys are, are too big. It's, it's not the same, but I can guarantee you the beer now is better than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we're working with some systems that we didn't work with before. And I think with craft beer, the one thing you want is a craft brewer is to make a very consistent product, right? I mean, that's what I think. Like if I have, a certain beer today, if I have Dale's Pale today and I have it tomorrow, I sure as hell hope it tastes the same because I fall in love with this flavor, you know, yeah. and one of the most difficult things is making a consistent product. And now we have, we're afforded that ability to, to make these beers consistent so we can ship them out to, and I, we were in Asia this year, I was in China, yeah. Korea, and Japan, and you want our honkers to taste out there like it does here yeah. <clears throat> because these people are having our beer for the first time and hopefully have it again. So you don't want it to be this fluctuating product, you know? Yeah. So, and it's little things like that. When I was on the outside looking in, you're kind of like, man, I can't believe Goose did this. And you go in there and you, you know, I was not, I'm an entrepreneur and I owned a company before I worked for Goose. So like, I see how much sense it makes. You know, I look at that and I'm yeah. like, oh man, this is actually great. It could be really good or it could be really bad. And it's, you know, it's been really great. Well, that's what I've said. Yeah. For me, it's a gray area. And you know, as a craft beer guy, I don't want to, sound contradictory to the, to the ethos of craft beer or whatever, but there, I know there's opportunities that are open up there. And it's hard to look at, like, in Georgia with Terrapin. These guys helped found the craft beer industry in Georgia. Yeah. You know, Spike was one of the first guys there. He, he fought for better laws. He did this. So, yeah. for me, it's not just as easy to say, well, they're part of 10th and Blake. You know, let's shut that door. You know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. I can't do that. Now, on the flip side of that, there's some things with ABM, Vav, and business practices that maybe I don't personally agree with, but I still think Terrapin is Terrapin. So it's yeah. hard sometimes. It can be difficult to, yeah. to yeah. look at those two things. But I was talking to a, a couple colleagues the other day, and we were we were saying somebody somebody needs to write a, a blog post about a brewer's perspective coming because I think actually all the brewers that I work with, or at least most of them, have worked for small independent local mm-hmm. breweries, which has uh, you know a ton of benefits to it. There's some really great things about being that being in that small uh, niche world. Um, but we've all come to, to Goose Island, and um, it's been um, pretty incredible. Just from the creative freedom that we have, that that um, that this merger has allowed. We mm-hmm. have a two-barrel brew system that all the brewers and 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 all the employees at Goose are encouraged to come in. Let's make a new beer. Let's see what uh, see what we can do on it. And so 
I have friends every other week, uh, you know, uh, on the little test batch system on their on their day off coming in just to brew an experimental batch with goose and and really that wouldn't have been possible. Um, and then just kind of basic stuff as a brewer, healthcare, insurance, all that stuff. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's. It's it's it is easy to say like well that that was a, a big sell move but I know from my point of view and from my colleagues' point of view it's uh it's it's been um, the best decision I've made and uh, everything I've personally read from people at Goose Island about it it's been better internally you know yeah. there's uh, you know more opportunity improved salaries healthcare and that yeah. more community outreach more more funds there to reach out to the community which is something that small breweries can't do a lot of yeah right so, right so that's now jesse you're you're a food guy we've been talking about this and you're a barbecue man right uh a grilling man grilling okay. Okay. there's I'll a, say, sorry, in the south there's a thing there I, know exactly yes. okay. I respect that because when people go oh you do barbecue i'm like well a northerner's kind of barbecue yes. which is good. Uh, okay. but i All do right. i do get into barbecue i'm disappointed can we wrap this up <laughs> i know <laughs> that's it i, I do get barbecue i always go with with Carolina mustard. That's that's, sure. that's good stuff yeah. right there. The South uh, Carolina mustard is good. Yeah, yeah. And this is going to get me a lot of crap, but I'm not crazy about the KC sweet. That's that's too much for me. Okay. Uh, I I love I live in this world of like vinegar based sauces. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are my favorite just because I feel you know the flavor of vinegar. It's it's a lot. It challenges your palate more than the sweet thick molassesy. Well, see, it's interesting because yeah, because in Georgia we're almost kind of at the at the nexus of, of all of them. Yeah, because you've got like the South Carolina mustard based barbecue. North Carolina's got the vinegar based. Yeah, but then you've got a little bit more towards the south. You even got the white barbecue sauce in Alabama. We kind of get everything. Yeah, you know, in Georgia, so it's kind of a nice. We might have to come down and visit that. That ain't sounds, sounds, absolutely. I haven't, I haven't been in Atlanta in two years. We were out there mm-hmm. two years ago, and I remember the ABB laws and stuff, and it was kind of yeah. tricky. Putting, yes, putting together <laughs> events. Oh yes, so, yeah. absolutely. We're getting there. We'll eventually we can get have there. this beer. We can have our session Alana and a pilsner. That's it. That's exactly <laughs> right. So. Exactly. So, so guys, anything else? Uh, what's uh, what's coming up for Goose Island? What do you guys got on the menu over the next uh, few months or so? You know what I'm really excited about is uh, one of my colleagues, Quinn, a brewer at Goose, is uh, is working really hard and implementing our uh, hop trial program. So we work really closely with uh, Elk Mountain Farms out in Idaho. And uh, he's up there a couple times a year, probably talking to the farmers, uh, smelling the hops, and then bringing back interesting new varietals, um, trying them on that two-barrel system that I mentioned, that, that, that test brew system. And um, it has been pretty incredible to see the, the amount of, of new hops that are coming out and the variation, hop to hop. Um, there's one in the fermenter right now that he swore to me. He's like, if you drink this beer, you're going to think it's a barrel-aged beer. It's just so piney and oaky, and and uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think that might be ready when we get back. So yeah, um, that's something that's been really fun for me to uh, to to kind of see tangentially at least in the in the in the brew house in the cellar. I've got you know I love Bourbon County Stout season because uh, I'm on the marketing side and I. I handle the national events so coming up with really cool interactive events with Bourbon County Stout never gets old for me you know because I'm like I know what I like as a consumer so I put myself in the, the shoes again as a consumer I'm like what do I want out of a Bourbon County Stout event mm-hmm. anybody could do a tap takeover like that That to me is overdone I'm like I want someone to interact with our brewery yeah. and engage you know and I want to teach people and 
that, that's, that always excites me. Again, yeah. you know, and I think uh, kind of backtracking a little bit with what AB has afforded us is now we have educators you know, within our, our brewery and stuff, and they always encourage all of us to not only learn but to teach others. So um, all the events around BCS are exactly that, very educational. And, uh, again, I'm a marketing nerd, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's sure what excites enough. me as much as as beers that we're working on, you know? Very cool. Jesse, Paul, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so Thank much you for joining us. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Project BGR, and of course, special thanks to Jesse and Paul for taking time out for us at the Great American Beer Festival. By the way, if you want to check out more from Jesse's recipes and grilling stuff, not barbecue, but grilling, head to manbq.com. Remember, Project BGR is available on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It really helps us. Definitely. And tune into Beer Guys Radio every Saturday for all the news you need to know about the craft beer movement in the Southeast. We podcast that, too. And, of course, we're on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Beer Guys Radio. Cheers, and we'll see you next time.